Do you ever sit alone dreaming of taking your art hobby and turning it into an income that's actually a source that God uses to bless your life financially? A lot of artists do, and yet so many don't know how to make that transition. Well, I'm going to give you five tips a day of how to start transitioning from doing your art as a hobby to actually doing it as a way to make money, make an impact, and make an income in your life today on 5-Minute Mentor. Have you ever wanted to have someone in your life who you could ask real questions about your art, your business, and even your walk with the Lord? Well, that's exactly what we do every Friday here on 5-Minute Mentoring, where I answer one question from one of my awesome podcast listeners in order to help you start really thriving as the artist you know God created you to be. Well, hey there, my friend. I'm so glad that you're with me today here on 5-Minute Mentoring. You know, we just finished our Thriving Christian Artist Conference not too long ago, and uh, we got so many questions during that weekend from artists uh, just like you who are wanting to know how to really take their art to the next level and do the thing that God's called them to do. And so many of them want to know, I wanted to know this years ago, how do you take this thing that's been a hobby for so many years and actually see God begin to bless that and turn it into a source of income so that you can really start focusing on the thing that God's called you to do. You know, that's that's really, I think, why so many artists want to make a living. It's not that they're necessarily wanting to go make a million dollars, although that'd be awesome because, <laughs> you you know, when you have more, you can do more. When you're, when you're prosperous, you can be uh, a blessing to others. You know, I believe that, that God brings finances into our life uh, in line with our assignment in the kingdom, but not only for us to benefit us and for us to use, but also to be a blessing. But so a lot of people want to do that, you know, and that's, that's great. That was a big part of my motivation early on in becoming an artist was to, to, you know, provide for my family, to, to be a blessing to others, to do the thing that God called me to do. But really a lot of what people, you know, the motivation I found over the years for becoming a full-time artist is actually so that they have the beautiful opportunity to focus on the thing that brings them the most joy, which is creating art and then also seeing that art uh, be used by God to bring transformation into the lives of others. And the simple fact is when you're selling your art and make a living from your art, you don't have to go get money from other places. Uh, You can receive your finances and receive your provision in line with your assignment as an artist. And that allows you to spend more and more time doing that thing. And that's a, that's a beautiful dynamic that, that so many of us uh, have learned to do. And I love that. I love that. So I call that, that whole process, the bridge. Uh, If you're in the mentoring program, you know, you've heard me talk about that before. If you're not, I just, I talk about this concept in the, in the Creative to Thrive mentoring program about being, you know, I'm over here on this side of the, of the river, you know, the, the dream that I have for my business, for my life, all that, that's on the other side of the river. And the way that I get there is the bridge. And that bridge looks different for everybody. Uh, some bridges are really short. Some bridges are really long. Some take months, some take years, but I've realized over the years, no matter how long it may take, there's always a beautiful process that the Lord will lead you on as you become focused on the assignment that God's called you to, to pursue as an artist. And most of the time that has provision uh, tied with that. And and I say most of the time, because sometimes people do it as ministry. They just want to use their art to bless others. And that's awesome. But if you're, if you're looking for more, I want to give you five really practical steps today um, that will hopefully give you an idea of what that bridge can start to look like for you. Now, 
before I start this, I just want to say up front, this is like a 30,000 foot view, okay, <laughs> of all of these topics. These are, um, you know, these are really high level points that I teach in workshops uh, that I really dive deep into, into the details inside the mentoring program. But it, again, just as a, a roadmap today, I think this is going to be really beneficial for some of you that are just starting to think about what does it look like to go from where I'm at now to actually pursuing the dream that, that God's put on my heart and to be an artist. So the first thing, and, and maybe this goes without saying, but I, but I hope not, is that the foundation of all of this is make great art. You know, the development of your skill, the development of a unique voice, the development of an aesthetic that is desirable in the marketplace and that you can replicate on a regular basis so that a style and a voice really begins to develop. That is, that's the foundation. Everything else, everything else is based on that. I, I see people, you know, really struggling sometimes, you know, on the marketing or sales end of things. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, well, I can help you on that. Let me just, let me see what you're, what you're creating. And then we go back to that and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see you're, you're still in kind of the hobbyist mode. You're still kind of just playing around with this. Oh, you've been doing this for a year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. See, there's a voice and a uniqueness and a style that's got to develop. And most of the time that develops over a number of years as you press into skill development, as you develop a studio practice, as you really, you know, learn from masters and develop the voice artistically that God's called you to develop. But suffice it to say, unless you're creating great art and art that is desirable in the marketplace, no matter how good of a marketer you are, you're going to have trouble um, getting that out there. So that's always the, a great, great place to start. No matter how good you get at marketing, you can't ever leave the fact that at the end of the day, you got to be creating things, whether it's painting, fine craft, music, writing, whatever it might be, you got to be creating great pieces of creative expression that people find desirable. If that's not happening, then everything else, um, you know, really can, can be, uh, can be loose and be weak because if you don't have anything great to market, if you don't have anything great to share, you're going to be in a, um, you know, kind of behind the eight ball from the beginning. All right. But once you do, once you're confident in that work, you're starting to have people, you know, respond to it. They're looking at it. They're like, wow, I love this. This is really wonderful. Can you do it in this size or that size? Or wow, can I see more of your work? Um, you're starting to get other artists commenting on your work. People are asking to buy your work or starting to buy your work. It's time to start thinking about how you can, number two, position your art in the marketplace. And, you know, unless that seems like a really marketing-y way to, to say that, <laughs> what I'm talking about is you got to shake a leg and get on out there. And again, obviously, as led by the Holy Spirit and in line with the, the way that he's called you to pursue your art, you got to get out there. You got to apply for shows and exhibitions. You got to do some networking. You've got to make sure that you're building your brand and the machine, which is your business that's going to allow you to touch thousands and thousands and thousands of people through media, through in-person uh, opportunities like shows and exhibitions and uh, speaking engagements and and media opportunities through print and online and radio and TV and 
all the different things. We call that in the mentoring program, the Parthenon marketing plan. You know, it's a multi-pillared approach to making sure that the story that you're telling is connecting with people and that it's connecting with people in as many ways as possible. You've got to get out there. Listen, if you're creating the greatest art that ever was known to man and you're not sharing it with anybody, (laughs) you can't simply have this mailbox mentality thinking that, well, if God made me an artist, he's just going to bring the people and all I got to do is sit here in my basement and, and make this work. No, that's not how it happens. You know, we plan our way. The Bible says man plans his way and what? The Lord orders his steps. That means as you go, as you get into the marketplace, as you're applying for things, and yes, as you're getting turned down, God is leading you and encouraging you the whole way. But you've got to begin to position yourself in the marketplace. And I think that really goes along with number three, which which I say, you know, connect with a niche of buyers. Because as you start positioning yourself in the marketplace, you have a real important choice to make. And that's kind of, you know, the question of where are you going to be in the marketplace? You know, you think about, um, you know, we just, you know, the Thriving Christian Artists Conference a few weeks back, we had um, my friend Paul Pruitt came and he was talking about the difference between tap water and like, say, uh, Dasani or, you know, Deer Creek or something like that, just your average bottled water and a bottled water like 90H2O. Now, tap water doesn't cost you anything. Deer Park or Dasani or, you know, uh, Evian, these sort of things, they may cost you a dollar, two, three dollars a bottle, you know. But then you go up to uh, 90H2O. Well, guess what? These bottles are $100,000 a piece of H2O, of bottled water. (laughs) But guess what? They've positioned it in the marketplace in a way that's special, in a way that's exclusive, to a clientele that's looking for that kind of experience. I've done the same thing. That's how my art business has grown over the years, not from selling functional baskets that you could go and get at Walmart. No, I stopped saying baskets and I started saying woven sculpture. I stopped selling my work at community craft fairs and I started positioning myself over time in front of a clientele that saw what I did as special, that saw it as sculpture, I started really paying attention to why people bought and the things that they loved about my artwork. And as I did, listen, that really got me clued in on why people wanted to buy from me. It wasn't because I was the best basket maker in the world. No, it was because I was creating something that was special and that was perceived as very unique and very valuable. In fact, I had an interior designer early on tell me, she said, you know, People see your work as a status symbol. Then when they buy your work, other people are like, whoa, they have a Matt Tommy piece. Well, listen, that starts to connect you with a niche of clients. And so guess what? I started looking for where I could find those people at at garden clubs and at country clubs and at networking opportunities and nonprofit events and all the other places that God began to lead me to find these people. Why? Because I'm positioning who I am as an artist, not as just some guy that that makes baskets. No, it's somebody that's really unique and special, high-end, exclusive. That's how you start to command the prices and and the real respect uh, in the art world. And that has opened up so many doors. (laughs) It's unreal. And, and, you know, the thing that that God always does in the kingdom is, is what? Relationships. 
And I think as you begin to pay attention, again, as the Holy Spirit leads you with why people are buying your work and why they're attracted to you, all of a sudden you can begin to then leverage that understanding while you begin to connect with that niche of buyers and you start intentionally getting in front of uh, you know, that group, whether you're doing it directly or you're doing it uh, through partnerships. And that's really number four, which I'd say, you know, cultivate those relationships over time, not only for purchases, but also through referrals. You know, the big joke for me is that I used to own a marketing company in Atlanta and and help people find customers and, you know, advertise and, and print and online and that sort of thing. And guess what? Most of my customers, 99% of my customers come through referral. That means what? That means they saw me or were introduced to what I do through somebody else that I had already done business with or somebody that I that already knew, liked, or trusted me. That is huge. Why? Because I chose to invest in relationship. All right? So, you know, you don't always have to sell your work through a gallery. In fact, that's just one of tons of different ways you can reach clients, but you've got to do it through relationship. This idea that that you could just throw your art up on a website just because you're on some big art sales website and somehow the magic art fairies are going to come along and, and sell your work is a joke. No matter where you are online, you are responsible for developing the relationships, cultivating the niche, getting in front of those clients, and then driving them to the place that you want them to buy your work, either in person or at a show or online or or through a gallery or, or wherever it may be. And then the last thing I would say is make it easy to buy from you. You know, are you doing things as you develop your business? Are you doing things that makes it make it easy for people to buy from you? If you're selling online, is your website easy to understand? Is it mobile friendly? Uh, you know, if you're selling uh, at a uh, a show, for example, like a, you know, a craft fair or a fine art fair that you're selling direct from the client, are you asking people for cash only or do you have your square reader there? You know, do you have your Stripe reader, your PayPal reader? You're able to to write a receipt and and take credit cards. You know, are you doing the practical things? You know, do you have your business account set up, you know, or uh, are you charging the correct sales tax? Make it easy for people to do business with you as opposed to trying to figure out how to do business with you and, and it be this big, complicated thing. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people come on one of our Facebook groups in a sheer panic and be like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Somebody wants to buy my art. Ah, how do I take their money? Well, listen, that becomes a difficulty, not only for you, but for the client. It becomes kind of this weird thing like, oh, I I thought you were an artist. I thought you were ready to to let me buy your work. So make it easy. You know, for me with commissioned work, I've got a whole page on my website that walks people through the process of how we commission work. Why? To make it easy so they understand, so they're not intimidated by the process and you know what? I When they come in, I just had a lady today, actually, that came in the studio. We're talking about doing a, a six-foot wall hanging for, um, you know, for our house. And guess what I told her? I said, listen, all you got to do is just snap some pictures, send those to me. I'll take it from there. I'll do a sketch, send it to you. Once you like that, I'll tell you what the deposit is. I'll give you a firm time frame. And you know what? Don't even worry about picking it up. I'll bring it out to the house and hang it for you. Whoa, Matt, that's so awesome. Yeah. What am I doing? 
I'm making it easy for her to do business with me. All right. That way she's going to tell her friends, you will love this guy. He brought it down to my house and da, 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 da. that's the kind of story that people want to tell. And so listen, those five things, you know, if you, if you make great art, position yourself in the marketplace as the artist that you want to be in front of the people that you want to be in front of you know, on purpose, connect with that niche of buyers, cultivate those relationships over time for purchases and referrals, and then make it easy for people to buy from you. If you do those five things regularly and do them well, over time, the Lord will begin to open up the door for you to do the thing that's on your heart. Because the kingdom principle at the bottom of all of this is be faithful with little and God will make you ruler over much. That's right out of Matthew 25. Be faithful, you know, be fruitful first. That's what Genesis says. Be fruitful and then multiply. So many people, so many artists are looking for the multiplication. They're looking for the growth. They're looking for the fame and the transformation and the, oh, I want my work to go around the world. Yeah. Well, did you apply for that art show that's around the corner? Are are you pressing in to be in the studio every day? Are you doing the basic things that you need to be, be doing? Because listen, as you do those things, as you focus on the basics of making great art, getting in the marketplace, connecting with people, God will be faithful to open the doors and grow your business. All right. Listen, I love you very much. And um, I would love to hear how God is prospering you as you pursue uh, walking across this bridge that we're talking about and doing these five things that I hope have been a big encouragement for you. All right. Let me know on Facebook, leave a review here on the podcast, shoot me an email on messenger or whatever. I'd love, love, love to hear from you and hear what God's doing in your life. All right. Well, hey, listen, I'm going to get out of here. But until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.